Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport on Women's Finals Day of Wimbledon 2017 or at the end of Women's Finals Day 2017, a day that has seen Garbine Muguruza crowned champion of Wimbledon, her second Grand Slam title. It wasn't to be for Venus Williams, the fairy tale came to an end, but it seemed to be very much a fairy tale for Garbine Muguruza today, didn't it, David Law? And Simon Briggs and is Simon Briggs well. is just hot-footed and out of the press room just to talk to us here on the Tennis Podcast. Yeah, I mean, look, you could not get two more different sets of tennis, could you, than 7-5 and an hour that Muguruza won the first set and 6-love and about, what, 20 minutes in the second set. Very, very different feel um, in those two sets. And really, I... F- I felt as though Venus Williams just gave everything she got in that first set and was running on empty at the end of it. She was 5-4 down, Muguruza. She faced set points on her own serve. Serving 4-5, she faced set points, saved them, and then didn't lose another game after that. Pretty extraordinary. So what happens if the Muguruza forehand at uh, 15-40, which clips the top of the net is you know, three inches lower and bounces back off that net cord. Do you think Venus goes on to win? You tell us, Simon. That's why they pay you the big bucks. I think probably you still think Muguruza might have got over the line in three, but if, if Venus feels that she's there and she gets the first set at that, at that point, well, I think it, she might have it, got it home. It would have changed it. It would certainly have changed that's it. That's a margin. I think it, small margins. It was the, certainly the difference between it being a classic and actually, in the end, a bit of a disappointment just because of the way it went. It was a classic set, wasn't it? Yes. But not a classic match, as evidenced by the six-love second set scoreline. But it was a classic set. It's just that obviously took everything Venus Williams had to give today. Slightly a bit of a shame that it wasn't the other way around, i.e. six-love first set and an extraordinary 7-5 second set that everybody mm. comes away from remembering um, because you know it did feel just a bit of a deflation at the end, I think, for most people, except anybody who cares about Gobinia Magarutha because I thought her reaction at the end was, was, was lovely. It was great to see how much it meant to her and she's been pretty tortured over the last year mm-hmm. I think since winning that French Open and uh, and it all came spilling out there just just 
how, how joyful she felt. Tortured until very recently. This is a woman that lost love and one to Barbora Stritzova the week before Wimbledon in East, Eastbourne. She's a good player, Barbora Stritzova, but love and one, and then goes on to win the Wimbledon title. That was actually the first question in the press conference. Uh, can you explain the dichotomy between those results? And she basically said, well, it's about motivation, isn't it? <laughs> she admitted that, did she? Oh, it's pure and simple motivation. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think like Kvitova, she admits that she's not somebody who's going to be on it every week of the, of the season. Um, obviously, we didn't have a chance. It's one of those situations when somebody's won a slam, the, the questions come in all directions, so you don't have a chance to develop a single theme. But uh, that was certainly what she said. Then I asked her about the fact that in the last four years, she's had one great slam um, each year. I mean, not that she's won four slams, but every year she's had one outstanding slam. What's happening at the other ones? And she said, well, it has to come together for me. You know, I have to have be pain-free. I've got to have... Uh, Rhythm. I've got to have confidence, and that just you know it doesn't happen every time. But and uh, clearly, uh, that's what happened with Conchita Martinez uh, coaching her this time, and Sam Simic uh, uh, talking on the phone every day from wherever wherever he is, and it just seemed to to click. I'm getting the sense then that you didn't leave that press conference with the impression that anything's necessarily going to change for Muguruza. She's still going to be a very patchy player with the potential to win the odd Grand Slam here and there, maybe one per season? I mean, there wasn't nothing in what she said that, that, that suggests that. I mean, but then you, at the same time, you look at uh, her when she's uh, playing the way she did in the first set and you think she's got the capability to be uh, a, a serious, uh, tall, dominant woman and, and, and to, to bring the, the, the tennis tour on a little bit. And in some ways, I think it was good for the tour that she won today because... Um, Venus would have been a fantastic fairy tale story, but there is a sense. Actually, Garbina said in her press conference, somebody said, "You you, you beat the uh, the sentimental favourite," and she went, "Yes, but we need we want new names, new faces. So come on." Yeah, well, I, I know I know what Simon's saying there. I mean, I I, I interviewed Muguruza at the end of last year, and she said exactly that that I am probably never going to be a consistent player. That's not me, but the, the- I believe I can beat everybody. The Stamper Rinker of the WTA. Yes. The perfect, perfect comparison. I went to Venus Williams' press conference, and mm. she, given the lopsided nature of the scoreline, uh, there were lots of questions focusing on her Sjogren syndrome, of which one symptom is fatigue. And she was repeatedly asked whether the Sjogren's was a uh, factor in the second set, and she just kept on repeating the mantra that mm. Garbina played very well today. She wasn't going to be drawn on that at all. She wasn't going to be drawn on anything at all in that press conference, was she, Simon? She was very polite. She... Simon thinks she wasn't polite. She, certainly the transcript will read politely, I think. She, she was polite up to the point that she was asked her feelings. She was asked to sort of pay tribute to Roger Federer. And she didn't take to that particularly well, did she? I was just about to say, it is one of the symptoms of Sjogren syndrome that you treat uh, people asking you questions as if they're not really worthy of being in the same room as you, which is exactly what she did throughout that whole press conference. You know, I said the other day, I don't find her easy to deal with. She's one of the most difficult women or difficult players in the business. Anyone behind the scenes will tell you that. There were some dodgy questions in that press conference, though, wouldn't you say? I think people were getting desperate, trying to find something for her that she had said to write about. And yes, the questions got more and more weird and, and wonderful because she was giving nothing. She was a wall. And, uh, you know, I'm fed up with it. I really am. Tell you what, Simon. 
If I just lost a Grand Slam final, I'm not sure I'd be too friendly. Would you? Well, but she does it every round. She's been doing it in her... Div- I'm not saying it's not frustrating, it is. She's been doing it for 20 years. She, she, to me, is a sense of someone that's just over it, you know? She's got something left to give on the tennis court, but she hasn't got the energy to give well, it she took the fine, elsewhere. Well, she? she took the fine in the previous round uh, because she didn't want to do the TV interview with the BBC, which, right. her prerogative, she got the fine. And so I think you're right. I think she... I think she She's taken a number of I, fines over the last few degree, years, To some degree, I have yeah. to say... It has been a long career, and she probably is bored of that element of it. Not everybody can be Roger Federer or Flowery, and isn't it all lovely? She was asked, what was the phrasing of the question the, the chap asked from the back about, it, it was something along the lines of, you've got no right to be doing what you're doing, or you're not supposed to be doing what you're doing. And he meant in the context of history, and she said, I think I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and, and it's he, fun being a journalist sometimes. He asked, what do, you think you've, what do you think you've got in you that is enabling you to do what you're doing mm-hmm. age 37? And she just stared him straight in the face and said, good tennis? <laughs> <laughs> good luck writing that I up, know, Simon. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I'm not on the Venus Williams piece. Uh, yeah. I, and through, through no um, decision of mine, I, uh, I've been told to focus on Magritte and Jim White's writing about Venus. So. So does she give a good press conference? Was she open and, and give... Because I find her very hit and miss. I feel like she has got a lot to give and can be pretty compelling, but she chooses when to be that Garbinia in press conferences. So was that the Garbinia you got today? Oh, yeah. I mean, but again, as David says... Um, she just won the title. She just won the title. So you wouldn't expect Muguruza to be difficult. And she was, um, she was articulate. She was engaging. She was smiling and happy as, as anyone would be in that situation. Um, I, I did, the one thing I didn't get to ask her is whether Wimbledon felt any better or, or bigger than the French Open, how the, how the two compared. Um, but uh, maybe there'll be, a, there'll be another chance to speak to her before the end of the day. So we'll, we'll go back in and maybe put that one. The, rea- the reaction was bigger and more emotional than when she won the French. I know that's often the case when people win their first slam titles. It's all a bit overwhelming and, and kind of a bit too much to process in the moment. So that could account for it. But it was a very, very emotional celebration from Muguruza well don't forget she was in the final two years ago as well she got close she tasted it she didn't get there and there's there's something very special I think about, I'm not saying the French Open isn't special but I, I think that this maybe did mean even more to her it was Senna Corda Wimbledon she she's picking up the place she's only the second Spanish woman to win Wimbledon the other is Conchita Martinez who has been in her in her box in her corner throughout the tournament Sam Sumik hasn't what do we think about that do you think the Sumik relationship can withstand the fact that she's done this without him here uh, yeah, the press conference she was very specific in trying to knock down any concern on that front that doesn't mean that it won't be an issue, but it means that certainly in public she doesn't want to, to, to make it an issue at this stage because she was saying, I play the same way no matter who is in my box. I'm the same player. I spoke to him every day. Um, you know, we did a lot of good work coming up. So she was specifically going out of her way to, to put down any suggestion that, oh, you might want to go all the way Conchita from here on in. Whilst also presumably play, paying a lot of credit to Conchita? Or not, perhaps. Um, I mean, she, was, she wasn't at all you know, belittling about it, but I, I don't think that... 
I, I mean, I think she just said you know, she enjoyed having her around, and, and, and she particularly she brought up the parallels more than anything. That was what she mainly said about Conchita. She uh, because there's this nice thing that um, Navratilova was 37 when Conchita beat her. 94. So, yeah. So there's a couple of nice um, historical parallels. So she spoke about how, how she kind of enjoyed that. Speaking of the word presumably, that was the last question put to Venus in the press conference. Presumably you'll be back next year. And she just replied, presumably. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, I have to say, if I were, were Garbinia Muguruza, I would be making a serious offer to Conchita Martinez to stick around She's got a lot on her plate, time. though, hasn't she? Fed Cup and Davis Cup captain. I understand. I'm just saying, if I was Garbinia Muguruza... That looks like a partnership that works. Maybe they could combine coaching duties uh, with Sam Simic as well. I don't know. But look, she looked very, very centred all fortnight long, very balanced, very content. And boy, did she play well. She's got an incredibly watchable style of tennis, hasn't she? It's an all-court game, it's an all-surface game, not afraid to come to the net, versatile, adaptable. One of the talking points we were talking about yesterday, she really does have it all. And and it kind of makes her more compelling that she can't do it week in, week out, because she looks like a sort of manufactured tennis player, doesn't she? She has everything, she's the perfect physique. If she had perfect motivation as well, it would be all just too too untouchable and pristine and but it, it, it makes her a more compelling individual bring up yet again that I said she'd be the world number one at the end of the year at the start of the year which she she's might. up to number five Yeah, uh, without wishing to bring that up I just have um, I, I do feel that that's a really engaging story point for the future this woman should be dominating tennis yeah I agree but, why uh, isn't she? she needs to sort that out it's totally case unproven isn't it because of the manner in which she's done it from a base of nothing um, so we, we, we've got no idea, have we, whether, whether your prediction is going to be right or whether, no, whether I don't, she's, I don't she's think going to be back be right. in the field. She's won four titles in her life and two of them are Grand Slams. I mean, only Yelena Ostapenko has a better <laughs> record she's than had that. A, she's had a terrible run after each of the three <laughs> Slam finals she's been in. So, well, two of them, the two she's been in so far. Let's see what happens Yeah, we just one. don't know what's going to happen. It's compelling. It's compelling. Simon's got to go and write his piece about Garbinia Muguruza. Has, have we, has he given us his predictions for the men's final yet? No, come back, Simon, quickly. One word and set number. Uh, Federer in three. Federer in three? There we Crikey. go. Simon Briggs, he's off. And he wafts off. He delivers that bombshell... <laughs> and he saunters into the press room. That was a saunter, wasn't it? Was, it was, yeah. I thought he'd be going a bit quicker with a deadline. Uh, do we have anything else to say about the women's final, or is that our perfect segue into doing a bit of a preview of tomorrow? I think it is. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. So Simon says Federer in three. I think Federer, I'm not sure about three. Look, if Federer is just completely on it and plays his best, it absolutely could be three. I heard you on Five Live earlier giving a bit of a preview of it with Pat Cash and you said it has all the ingredients to be a sensational match. And uh, the same question was put to Pat and he said, yeah, it's got the ingredients, but... (laughs) doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be. Do you know the other factor that I didn't really consider until listening to Pat was physicality? And Cilic has played five sets against Gilles Muller. You know, he has got five hours more in his legs than Roger Federer this fortnight. They were quite uneconomical five sets, though. Yeah, but we don't know whether he's fatigued or not. And could that be a factor? If Federer comes out of the blocks quickly, could he make him a step slow I mean I think he's probably capable of making look at anybody look a step slow if he's really on his game that that is something I hope doesn't become a factor the physical fitness of either player of course Um, if they're both fully fit and if Cilic doesn't freeze and I realise that's that I'm going on the ifs quite a lot here it could be a classic that that is what I would expect it to be as long as Cilic is fit and doesn't freeze the other big factor that that Pat Cash explained very well was that why the nerves are so important and why it's so important that Chilich doesn't experience them to too great an extent tomorrow and it's that he can't afford the the start is so important again for Roger Federer because of that sense of spiraling that we discussed the other day I think that was after his quarterfinal against Milos Ranić the speed with which he plays you know he he's predatory in the way that you know you give him an inch and he takes a mile and suddenly yeah. he's on top of you and it's all getting away from you so quickly he can't afford a slow start so if yeah. he's got any doubts in his mind Remember the- they will just extrapolate two years ago he played Murray and Murray was serving out of his mind in order to just hold on to a serve after six juices and then 48 seconds later he's serving again that's what Federer does to you he rips through his own service games and keeps on putting that pressure on the only thing is I would say about Chilich is his serve has quite possibly been the best on tour this year in terms of 
just reliability. If he gets on a roll, he's very hard to break. Just very good. This is completely sort of not related to the final at all, but it was something that, that I noticed first at Queen's and have noticed this tournament as well, and Annabelle Croft in particular picked up on it in Five Live semi-final commentary against Query. He's developed a lot of ticks on his serve, hasn't he? It's still Mary as Church. effective as if not, if not more effective a serve, but... He's got a lot of ticks on there. The ball bouncing is a lot more than it ever was before. He's got a weird sort of leg wobble going on. He takes his time to, to toss that ball in the air. I mean, apropos nothing, just thought Quite I'd Quite interesting. I hadn't noticed that. For, for somebody that. who's so supreme in that department and who's, who makes serving look so effortless, the way he steps up to the line and all the things he goes through makes it look like something that is quite effortful and then mm. the service motion happens and it's just And glorious. you know I, I'd never thought of Marin Cilic as one of the game's big servers he's not Roddick he's not Raonic but he's developed that and, and I think Goran Ivanisovic has a lot to do with that from three years ago just by liberating his mind just by saying to him just hit the thing Stop thinking about it. Stop worrying where you're putting it. Just play big man's Goran's tennis. Goran's not a big fan of thinking, is no, he? No, no, no. He doesn't want him to... He's shortened the ball toss as well, the yeah. same as he did with Burdick, which sounds so simple, but it's a huge thing because it changes your whole timing of, of yeah. the service motion. Yeah, well, and, and it also takes the wind away. That's the other thing, and that's why Goran is such a big proponent of it. Uh, he had a low ball toss as well. Um, yeah, I think... I think Federal will win. Uh, I think it could be in three or five. I mean, it's just, it depends. Hang on. No, no, on no. All the factors. No, no, no. No. I know there are factors. We all know there are factors. We've discussed the factors. You've got to make a prediction now. I think Roger Federal will win. In how many sets? Four. <laughs> That's what I think as well. I think Roger Federal in four. I think he will challenge Silich. I don't think he'll be cowed by the occasion enough that it'll be a damp squib, but I do think Roger Federer is just going to be too good. Have we talked tomorrow. about how I picked that they would reach the final? No, but we seem to be now. <laughs> well, good, isn't it? <laughs> I have to say, it is quite good. Excellent. Right, that's it's, that then. It's pretty good. We haven't yet totted up the totals for general predictions. Nobody, once again, I don't think has completely covered themselves in glory. Uh, well, I've just completely 100% got the singles final right. Yeah, the women's didn't go brilliantly, though, did it? Anyway, anyway, the, 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 there's an al- we've got an algorithm now for the calculations. Oh, yes, we have, yeah, we have thanks a, to nerdy math. We have a spreadsheet and an algorithm, and we'll let the, we'll let the maths do the talking the at, the end of the, uh, at the end of the tournament. It's going to be an, an interesting one. We just hand it over to Nerdy Math and Student Math, and so you two get on with it because I haven't yeah, got a clue. Yeah, and somehow we don't come out top. Yeah. It's funny that, isn't it? Yeah, one of them works for us, and the other one is related to me. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so Simon Briggs, Federer in three, me, Federer in four, you, Federer in four. Is there anyone saying Chilich? I think Goran is desperate to Aww. say Chilich. I think he's... De- he, 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 he sort of... I haven't heard the official prediction. I might... I might see if I can find out. But um, I spoke to Mario Ancic earlier, I did an interview with him, and he, he definitely feels that, that Cilic has a game that can hurt Federer. And it's, you know, I'd, I'd forgotten that actually his last two matches that they played against each other was a, a, a Cilic thrashing of Federer at the US Open and then two sets to love up against Federer on this very court, having match points and losing in five. So 
again, if Cilic can handle the situation and if he's fully fit, he can win. He can win. I agree, he can win. I'm just not predicting that he will. No, same here. I hate this. We're agreeing. Ugh. Right anyway, then, it's the, the one remaining final? singles match of Wimbledon 2017. Yes. There is a men's doubles final taking place as we speak. There's a women's doubles final scheduled to take place after that. We'll bring you the results of those tomorrow. The mixed doubles final takes place after the men's singles final tomorrow. It features two Brits against one another, Heather Watson and Henry Continen, uh, the defending champions, of course, taking on Jamie Murray and Martina Hingis. Ooh, what are the crowd going to do? Hey? I don't know. I don't know. It's just going to be one massive love-in, isn't it? Everyone's going to have had so much pims by that point. I think it's just <laughs> going to are. be an enjoyable time. Let's you're not, you're not even going to be here. No, I'm at a Wimbledon barbecue tomorrow. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So, no podcast then? <laughs> I think we, we, we should probably find a, way find a way to bring the people a Wimbledon final, men's finals day You can podcast. listen to me though, so folks, don't worry, Don't worry, folks. David will be commentating on the final for BBC Radio. The final will be available live on Eurosport. There'll also be a highlight show going out at 10pm. It's also on the BBC. But I suggest if you want to watch telly coverage, go for Eurosport. If you want radio coverage, go for David Law. I suggest turning your sound down on your telly Yeah, listening to me. Everyone's a winner then. Yeah. Just got to sync them up. Everyone's a winner. So, it's the big one. It's exciting, isn't it? We've had our say. We'll be back tomorrow. Well, Dave, I might be back tomorrow. Depends if I'm allowed on in absentia. We'll yes. see. Uh, this has been the second to last daily tennis podcast. Leave from us a Wimbledon review. 2017. Leave us a review. Hey, I saw one. I saw two people, listeners today, Catherine. One of them in a tennis podcast official T-shirt. Uh, Charlie the Ferret's mum, one of our tennis podcast pets owners, was here wearing her tennis podcast t-shirt and we've seen a few people post pictures on social media as well i find it very weird i I mean wonderful and heartwarming but i find it very weird i still find it a bit weird that people listen so to see people wearing merch is mind-blowing i I think they're all i think they're all lying they don't listen to this um so one more to go we've been the tennis podcast for a 13th time during wimbledon 2017 brought to you in association with the telegraph and with eurosport and we'll be back tomorrow 